Welcome to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, episode 88, Creepshow from 1982. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres, because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello and welcome back. I am your host, as always, Hugh Lloyd, and we have got a fantastic show lined up for you on this episode. Now, before I introduce my very, very special co-host on this episode, let's check out the trailer for Creep Show. Coming soon. Jolting tales of horror. Creep Show. From the author of Carrie, The Shining, and Cujo. And the creator of Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. You'll scream at ghastly ghouls. Cringe at weird kids and shiver at the doings of evil doctors. This is going to be extremely painful, Mr. Verrill. Creep show will grab you, grow on you, and give you the creeps. No, this is going to be an entirely new experience. Creep Show, the most fun you'll ever have being scared. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, and I am joined by the one. The only, your friend and mine, the great one himself, Mr. Darren Hall. How the devil are you, sir? I am incredibly well, thank you, Mr. Lloyd. How are you? I'm all right. I'm okay. And it's quite I... strange hearing another adult call me Mr. Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, just uh... <laughs> like being back at school. Yes, yes. Which for you is every day. Yeah, yeah. Which it, I genuinely think it is some kind of cosmic purgatory. Um, <laughs> just I think because I was, you know, I I don't know what it is. I, I technically I suppose I've never left school, so it's kind of like the word. It's like the re, it's like a really shit remake of Groundhog Day. Just I get older. <laughs> <laughs> I always like that. I always like that cheesy line that they have in movies a lot. Mister Lloyd is my father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The best part, mind you, is when the kids really, really lose it and one of them tells you to fuck off and then they go, fuck off, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Always makes me laugh. Always makes yeah, me laugh. Like yeah, yeah. Just holding on to a little bit of respect. Just just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, this year I did get called a fat cunt, mind you. Um, oh. Which uh, I really objected to, more so the fat part. Because... <laughs> You know that I, yeah, you know what I mean. And I said, you know, I've been teaching eighteen years. I didn't used to look like this. It's you lot have done this to me. Yeah. See, this is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before I have a total breakdown about the shambles of my career, yes, um, <laughs> um, we are talking one of my all-time favourite. 
all-time favourite. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So much so, I've actually, I actually have it tattooed on me. Do yeah. All right. Yeah. Part half explain. my arm. Do you explain? Uh, a part half of my arm is the um, part of the original poster work of Creepshow. That's very, very dedicated. It is. And a little bit cool. Yeah. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> As you do, just a yeah, giant creep no, show tattoo. Cool. That is cool. So, yeah. So, I, I did, mean... I did not know. Yeah, I love this film. I can't believe. How, how many shows have you done, then, on this podcast? And you've got this film tattooed on your arm, and it's taken till now. I know. I'm feeling privileged now to yeah. be doing this episode. Absolutely. I mean, this, is a, this is a big thing. It's, it is. It strangely is. Yeah, yeah. No, I love this film. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It is not perfect in any way, shape, or form. But I love this film for everything that it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, and if you think, like, my love of The Exorcist, and we haven't even got around to that one yet. So, no. you know, there, there's some biggies on the horizon, I think. But um, we, of course, are talking 1982. 1982, I can't believe it. It's 1982 this came out. We're talking the original show, which, yeah, wow. Is you know wow. the bringing together of titans of horror, really, of King and Romero. Um, it's just it's it's just a great and it's and it's 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 it probably counts for my love of the portmanteau and anthology horror. So um, yeah, I, I'm so glad we're doing this one. Um, where did you so where did you first discover Creepshow? So this is definitely the first tri- like horror trilogy or more there's five in this one isn't there so yeah, it's not a trilogy yeah. but this is um so as a as we've discussed before in the past the uh, video datsun that used to come around <laughs> um this was definitely one of the one of the vhs tapes from the video datsun that we would have got on a friday night nice. um to keep for the weekend yeah uh i would have been around nine or ten when one of my siblings would have picked this up and we would have put it in the, um, in the top loader, the um, HS <laughs> player, like, um, like less, like, uh, Ted Danson yeah. is rocking in, uh, <laughs> in the third installment. Yes. Um, but yeah, we would, uh, I, I, this is a real nostalgia film for me and my family. I was talking once you said, let's do this. I was talking to my brother and sister about it. Um, we absolutely loved this as kids. I mean, at nine, ten, whenever I watched it, scared the crap out of me. Yeah. Um, not so much my older siblings. So much so that my uh, sister used to lie under the duvet and wait for me to uh, creep into my bedroom. And then she would uh, give a rendition of "I want my cake" <laughs> and send me uh, screaming and legging it downstairs. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a film that's close to my heart. But like you said, it's definitely not perfect. No, no, not not um, in any way, shape, or form. And much longer than I remembered. It was two hours long. Yeah, it's much two, longer than I remembered. It's a two-hour film. Um... Which... And if you'd have asked me, because I haven't seen this for a long time, if you'd have asked me how many segments was in it, I would say three. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. surprised that it was five and it was two hours long. When I rewatched it last night, I was a bit like, whoa, 
it just keeps going. And I think by the time you get to the, and I think that that is probably some of the why some of it. It's, it's I think, but the thing with anthology films, they can be hit and miss. Um, yeah. And I think it, they could have just tightened. This, they probably could have tightened it a little bit more. You know, I think they possibly, yeah. you know, maybe just sort of uh, maybe finish. I think I would have been happy if they'd finished on the crate. I think, yeah. I think, you know, I think that, that that's probably would have been a good one to go out in a bang. So, I mean, for those of us listening who are, are the uninitiated in Creepshow, uh, and the Creepshow is a uh, horror uh, portmanteau um, sort of anthology film where you've got five different stories, um, all directed uh, by George A. Romero um, and uh, written by uh, Stephen King. Um, some of them from uh, direct, what some di- written directly for for Creepshow, and some of them based off his own uh, short stories. Um, and we got, you know, we get um, so that you get you get a brilliant prologue, and we'll come on to this. And the, then you get Father's Day, um, you get the the lonesome death of Geordie Verrill, um, something to tide you over the crate, and they creep it up on you, and then we get an epilogue. Um, this, of course, was, like I said, directed by Georgie Romero, uh, written by Stephen King. It's got an amazing cast. The yeah, cast is amazing. doubt. It's, you know, Hal Holbrook, who is a brilliant character actor. Um, Adrian Barbeau, Fritz Weaver, Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. You know, Leslie Nielsen. Frank Drebin. Yeah, Frank Drebin. Yeah. <laughs> The difficulty is after seeing Police Squad, it is, and obviously the Naked Gun films and Airplane and everything, it is quite difficult to see him in anything else. Do you know what um, surprised me about this when he rocked up? Yeah. Um, was in my mind, it was George Peppard. Yes. Um, so I was, I completely, you know, merged those, those two together and... I was kind of surprised when it was Leslie Leslie Nielsen who, who rocked up. It's just that, you know, the old memory playing tricks on me. Yeah. But it was just like, oh, where's Hannibal? Yes. Yeah. Where is Space Cowboy? It's like, <laughs> I mean, what I love about, and we'll get into it, is just, just how sinister he is in this, actually. He's a brilliant villain. Yeah. He should have done a lot more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, Carrie Nye is in this. Um, E.G. Marshall is in this. Um, Vivica uh, Lindos is in this. It, you know, uh, Tom Allen. Uh, and also a very, very, very young Joe Hill. Uh, yes. And who, a, who would go on to very, write... Go on. A very young and preachy as uh, Ted Danson. Yes. Now, the question is, is that his original hair at this point? It's hard to tell. Because you know um, his his choice of syrup, uh, following you know during the Cheers years was quite impressive. <laughs> it's hard. I'm blaming the sand. I think he got sand in his hair, didn't he? So. Yes. Yeah, that was it. That's what it did. It's it damaged take, the follicles. It's going to take the life out of it. Yeah. Yes, and of course, it's definitely eats hair all over his chest. Yeah. Yes. That's def- It's very manly. It's a it's a very yeah. manly look. It's a very manly look. Now we also get. Um, one of the big screen outings in a lead role 
uh, is Mr. Stephen King himself. Yeah. So, um, which which is interesting, actually. Uh, we'll come on to that. Now, of course, this creep show is inspired by, um, by the EC Comics, um, which were a series of horror comics uh, from the 1950s, and they included things like uh, Tales from the Crypt, um, the Vault of Horror, the Haunt of Fear, um, and I've got I've got some of the reprints of those books, uh, and they're amazing. Have you ever come across them? Have you ever read them? I haven't. No, no. They are definitely, definitely worth worth checking out, and some of them are just really brutal, really brutal. <laughs> They, they 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 pull no punches and they're definitely worth definitely worth having a look. I'll check them out. Now definitely. the the other thing we get in this we get uh, Tom Savini special effects as well. Oh yes. So, shall we start at the beginning? Yeah, yeah. Let's walk through it. So we get we start off with a young Joe Hill, um, who is getting. A fairly big tongue lashing off his dad. He is having a bollocking <laughs> of a, a very angry father. Yes. Played by... Well, the legend himself. Uh, the legend minus moustache of Tom Allen. Yes. Yes. It's possibly why uh, he's so pissed off. Yeah, I mean... The task like, keeps where, the evil at bay. Where, where's the moustache? Yeah. <laughs> is it in that magazine yeah that's what it was he, he, you know, the son had shaved it off and hid it in the magazine <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he's getting a, he's getting a rollicking you know good and proper yes and the um, the mother is not comfortable with this at all she wants you know it's just a comic he's reading a comic she's like boys read comic and he's like not my boy um, and yeah, and he gives him the 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 son tries to uh, he tries to appeal his case, yeah, and gets quite a wingo around the face. He does, yeah. He he has a fair old clout off yeah. off his dad. It's a proper slap. Um, and, uh, did you notice that he had the he had the face slap marks before he was actually slapped. I did, I did, I did. <laughs> Which you think, ah, okay, caught that one. Yeah, got you. <laughs> now, that came about because, um, and also, if you look, you can see Joe Hill's hand actually kept performing like the stage slap as well, if you look. Yeah. Um, and the part of the reason with that, Stephen King was actually, uh, he was on set at the time, and he was quite concerned um about Joe doing that scene. Um, so right. Romero, so they did it in one take. They did the slap moment in one take. Oh, um, cool. So it was just like, you, we, we've got to get it done at this point, and that's the only time we're going to do it. So in fairness yeah. to Romero, protecting his young actor, um, they did it in one, and it, you can kind of tell. <laughs> but yeah, well, fair play. Yes. Yes. Um, and of course, that comic book... Um, is is stunning. I'd love to own one of them. Oh yeah, it's stunning. It is absolutely stunning. Um, I think there's only a few left. There is only a few left in existence, yeah, and they're, they're they're worth quite a bit. Um, I think there's some of them are part of like a private collection now. Um, 
but a close they, case probably as well. Well, or does Lisa Lisa Marie Presley have it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> following there, <laughs> she must have been pissed. She took his comic books. Yeah, she took his. That's a that's a that's a messy divorce. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, of course, he's up on the bed. Uh, he's having a cry, and then he wishes his father rots in hell. Yeah, and then the creep appears at the window. Um, that, the makeup, that puppet, that just even today looks awesome. Yes, um, it's just a testament to Tom Savini's craft. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things that I love about Savini's work is there's this there's like this you can feel it you can almost want to like reach out and touch it do you know what i mean there's that there's a real quality to it um and i absolutely love the the the, all the light into this you know the film is essentially its primary colors it's blues and it's reds and it's greens and it's it, it has and obviously it's done intentionally to feel like the ec comic um and, and with all those colors and the light in the blue light in around you know where the creep is just just a float in around the yeah. windows it's just it's stunning it's absolutely stunning i love it absolutely love it yeah it looks amazing yeah the um and what i love is like the, the finger movement on it just beckoning the little boy yeah just, just calling him forward and, and then obviously we get we get you know we get drawn in and we come to the first of the stories um which um is very very interesting for a number of reasons and i think ed harris um yeah. has an interesting uh, dance dance routine yeah i mean wow yeah <laughs> First, first of all, um, he's rocking one hell of a belt buckle. Oh, I mean, it's just it's straight out of the, um, you know, the the cowboy one hundred and one. I think. Oh it's God, just... it's get off your horse and drink your milk in it. It is, yeah. uh, you know, all he it's... needs. If he had the ten gallon hat and a pair of six shooters, he'd be away. And he's got the tightest, the tightest of blue, blue, blue jeans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and a fetching plaid shirt. Yeah. And he just, you know, takes all the power from that and, and slams it down on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think dancing is an interesting interpretation of it. It's essentially of him looking like he is totally coked out of his mind. And then I just think like, like jerking his head. It's uh, it's an early iteration of twerking, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Twerping, I suppose, would be the best way to yeah. describe it. Um, so the story, of course, is Father's Day. Um, and this is the story. Um, it's an original King uh, story. And it follows, um, I suppose, she's the great aunt. I really struggle with working out the family tree on this. I mean, this segment is the one when I think of creep show. Yes, it's where my mind goes. Um, but I've never been a fully. I've never been fully confident in what the family tree is. Yeah, <laughs> it's not clear. <laughs> it's not clear. And I've, 
And it's one of those where uh, it doesn't matter. No, and it, it, it's, <laughs> it's an entire setup for the stinger at the end. Um, yeah, it's it's the it's the setup to Marvel in Tom Savini's creation. Yes, but out of you know out of all the segments, the father corpse climbing out of the grave is just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, and it's that that moment where you get the the, the ant sort of obviously essentially what we've got is. Um, a, a real a great aunt who has murdered her father, um, because for you know, so I, think, I suppose it's years of sort of verbal abuse, um, and we get this flashback scene where he's the the the, the father is sat in his wheelchair, screaming, "I want my cake, you bitch," and slamming his cane down on the, which is a horrible noise. The, the the sound of the cane being slammed against his wheelchair all the time, against the arms of it, is really horrible. And the things that he's saying to her, yeah. uh, it's just like, oh, God. He's um, a son of a bitch. Oh, yeah, he is. He's just, just, and he's just, he's just, he's just horrible. Horrible. Um, and she kills him uh, with an ashtray. Isn't there a bit, doesn't it, does he kill her fiancé? In an alleged hunting accident, I think. Like yeah, a, I think it's hinted at. Quiet, yeah, it's that's the first at. kind of chink in uh, sanity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the the modern, you know, so so you know, fast forward then to to sort of present day, I suppose. Um, Ed uh, Harris is um, is the fiance of the gra- the granddaughter i suppose and uh, yeah. he's at the house and they're going to have some big dinner um and whilst the aunt is talking the hand comes up from the ground and it's so well executed it is yeah, so well executed is the uh, is the bourbon running into the ground significant here um... I, i've always wondered that I don't, I don't, it's just one of those things that happens. It's never really explained, yeah. and that's the thing with this with this one. There's a lot of things that happen in it, um, and I think you know. I don't know whether you know, I, I suppose it is. I don't know whether it's not what revives him, um, but it is. It is a. It's really, just like yeah. a. It's an interesting thing to focus on, isn't it? Because you see the the you know the the alcohol gushing out and soaking into the ground. Yes, and you're like. If it's not significant, why show it? Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like when that corpse comes out of the grave, and is and you see the maggots writhing inside it. Yeah, it's something else. It's brilliant. It is. It is. It, it is totally brilliant. Do you know how they created a lot of the um, the maggots? No, they're rice. Are they Krispies. not just maggots? No, oh, there's, right. there's a few real maggots, maggots in there. Yeah. But they're actually Rice Krispies. Uh, the smart. ones in the eyes are Rice Krispies. Um, what's interesting in this in Creepshow, some of the biggest expenditure wasn't the actual creature effects or anything else. Yeah, it's I've the, read that. It's the bugs. Yeah. It's all the, co- yeah, the... the cockroaches and the maggots and. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, you're choking you. Um, 
Yes, the cockroaches and, the, and and all the maggots and things in this. I think they spent like close to over. I think it's quarter of the budget on cockroaches. I think they spent a couple of nearly two hundred thousand dollars on cockroaches, which is which is mental. Um, but yeah, considering this... some of the talent that's in the picture yeah, as well, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and like some of the what, what I love about the performances is they're all heightened. Yeah. It's all got this sort of very um comic book. Well, actually at the end of, you know, you know, this this the you know, Father's Day in particular begins and ends with like a freeze frame. Yeah. Uh, that's directly from the panel. Um and I love how the the sort of the 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 whole mise-en-scene of the film is very very much very much in in line with the comic book. Everything that you see, the props, the lighting, the 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 body language, all of the things are very, very much in keeping with the EC comic, and I love that. I absolutely yeah. love it. You know, and you get the the fact that you get the the movement uh, between the sort of you know the um, the transition from scene to scene. You know, you get the comic book flipping over. Um, yeah, I like. That. Yeah, I think when he. Um... I mean, we'll get back to the rest of the the segment, but when it when it's kind of freezes and you get those um, those effects, yeah, you know, like the the framing and stuff like that. I think that's what dates this more than anything else. Yes, those those like on screen graphics. Yes, just like nowadays look really like of the time. Yes, it is how they look. Yeah, but yeah. You, that dates that dates the the whole thing, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind absolutely. of takes you straight back to the eighties. Yeah, oh, completely. And I suppose in some ways it is the blessing and the curse of this film, in that it is the sort of nostalgic retro look and feel of the film. Um, but then equally, it does date it. Yeah. Quite badly at times. Um, now, one of the things that I love about the end into this is where the mother's head is brought out on a platter. If we if we just skip a bit before that, I yeah. was just going to say, when Ed Harris is looking for the ant... Oh, God, yeah! And he's, uh, and he's hanging around the graveyard, lighting matches on things. As um, you do. As you do. Who goes into a graveyard <laughs> at, at any point and then finds a discarded bottle... Of, it doesn't have to. It doesn't even have to be bourbon. A yeah. discarded bottle of alcohol. You know, there's about I don't know a couple of inches left in the bottle, <clears throat> in the bottom of it. Have a quick sniff. Yeah. And then decide for <laughs> go go for a drink of it. Well, you got to be careful. It could be pee. Yeah, it could well be. <laughs> I'm just like it. Just it, it always catches me out. That I'm just like, no, don't do it. But then he um, he trips and falls into the grave, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And he unearths the uh, the ant who's partially covered in in soil and, yeah. and dead. And then the father appears at the foot of the grave, looking yeah. amazing. Yes. But then, um, who moves the the headstone? That is the interest. Which... But also, is Ed Harris is lying there a long time. Yeah, you would I mean... have thought. He would have moved. Yeah, I mean, just roll to the left. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we know you've got dance moves. Well, you know, he could have definitely rolled with it on that one, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's... He could have break dancing is now an Olympic sport. Yeah. He could have body, <laughs> body popped out of that grave. Wormed his way out. Could have yeah, a... wormed it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like the... That moment, even though it's it, it, it everything is built, it, everything is set up just for the the sting at the end of this at the end yeah. of the segment, and the that scene, um, the noise of Ed Harris's head being crushed, yeah, splat. Yes, and it is a proper splat. It's a proper like kind of sound, yeah. which is you just you, you go oh, I still wince. Whenever you know, and I've seen this a hundred. I must have seen this about a hundred times. But I still wince when you hear the, and then we get the you know the, the they're discovering the feet marks in the house, uh, and the yeah. you know, and I love the the. I know I shouldn't laugh, but when the housekeeper is killed, the face of the housekeeper pressed up against the glass window. <laughs> yeah. You almost expect it to have like you know where people have got no bone in their nose. And they're able to like squash their face up against the window. It's not far off that moment. Yeah, yeah. It's because we don't see what happens to her, do we? She just, no, she no. just. Um, it's like the, um, it's like the stiff in the fridge in the Goonies. Yeah, it's yeah. just the pressed up against the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, 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 just there, just leaning up against it. Um, and then, of course, we get the you know we we get to the you know what we were talking about with with the two the I suppose I think he's described as the nephew, um, yeah. um and the the door and the daughter, um open the you know open the door to find out what's happening and then then the sort of the, the grandfather arrives with the mother's head on a platter, um, yeah. with the candles lit, which which is great. I mean, if you think about the people that. That meet their end in yes. this in this whole film. Yeah. With apart from the the caretaker uh, in the crate. Yeah. All the people who die in this film are all right bastards. Yeah, I I do kind of feel for Jordy Verrill though. I do kind of oh, feel yeah. for him. I do yeah, feel yeah. for Jordy Verrill. Um, yeah, I guess he's not. He's he's not a bad person. He's just uh, misguided. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, what's your overall thoughts about this episode, this piece one? What, what how do you feel this, like it fits in with the rest of it? I think it's um, I think it's a really strong start. Yeah. Um, and I think. This whole thing is for me. It, it it's peaks and troughs. Yeah. Um. It's, but the other episodes are a lot tighter on the story. This is a bit, like we say with the family. You know, what's the family connection? It's. It feels like a vehicle for Tom Savini's work again. Yes. Yeah. It is um, that excuse, isn't it, for for him to roll out some, some gooey, gory sort of zombie-like creature, really, isn't it? Yeah, and I, but I love how shit it is. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like... Because it's 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 a bit of an odd story. Yes. Um, everyone in it is a bit of a twat. 
Uh, it's really <laughs> cheap. It's like an episode of Dynasty. Yeah, it's um, like the Halloween like, special I mean, of Dynasty. And they've got like the nephew, oh, I just want another bottle of wine. And it's just like nobody would act like any of these people are acting. It's so hammy and yes. terrible. And it leads us to the final. And all they want is some baked ham. Uh, <laughs> A bit of Danish. Yeah, in the end they get cake, and it's just, but there's something about the outrageousness of it that makes it a really good start. It's kind of like brings you straight in to say, look, this is a horror comedy. Yeah, yeah. No, don't don't get mixed up. There's no, there's nothing to fear here. This no. is just, you know, this is really great effects, um, and some. You know, some great actors who are having a laugh, yeah, and, and enjoying it, and, and totally hamming it. Yeah, completely, completely, and um, yeah. So I think it's a, it's a strong start. Not the best segment, though. I would say no, and it it kind of it, it does throw the gauntlet down, doesn't it? It sets the tone yeah. for the entire thing, and it sort of if it had been a little bit more coherent at times and. If it just 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 held together a little bit, um, it is that it is the setup though, isn't it for for the end? It is it, everything is just that 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 moment to sort of drive it towards that gag at the end. Yeah, you know, absolutely. The head on the plate. Um, I tell you one thing I did find is the um, the mother's accent at times was just like almost. I don't know what 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 was going on because it was quite difficult to sort of yeah. some of the some of the dialogue was was pretty unclear at times and I don't think that helps it either, um, but it is that setup, isn't it? It, it, it you know what you're getting, yeah. Um, and then we come to the second one, the second story, which yeah, which I think is again is a proper marmite segmented it there are some people yeah. who love it and there are some people who loathe it i personally think um it is a uh, brilliant exploration of subtle screen acting uh <laughs> by, by mr stephen king yeah i mean where i am on this one is i really don't like it as part of this anthology and there's you know, as a piece, yeah. Um, I, I don't like, you know, the 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 dumb yokel, yeah, angle. Um, that irritates me more than anything. But yeah. that's Stephen King, yeah. so it's impressive. Yeah, yeah. You and know, the, the effect the effects are nothing to write home about. No, the story is all about, you know, putting him down, um, as a stupid farmer. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but it's Stephen King, and yeah. it's funny in places. It um, is. It is. So it's it has its it has its place here. By far the weakest of the segments for me. Um, but it's it's one of the ones. That, it's one of the segments that I completely forgot about as well. It. I forgot how how silly it is. It is just, it is so silly. And I mean, this is this is based on Stephen King's uh, short story, Weeds. Um, 
and of course Stephen King plays Jodie Verrill himself um, and the, the story is a meteorite crashes into his garden uh, or as he describes it meteorite shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know as a character Jodie Verrill um, is uh, like you said he's this backwards yokel uh, included in the sort of uh, one sort of overall and bib essentially um <sighs> vodka swilling um wrestling pro wrestling watching um he, yeah he, and his stephen king's performance is totally and utterly bonkers yeah it is totally bonkers and i mean in some ways though this is this is like almost it's quite a lovecraftian story um and there are some like echoes with like color out of space um where you get this meteorite that sort of crash lands and then like within it is an organism that starts taking over the landscape and also then starts uh, taking over uh, Geordie himself and turning him into some kind of um, um, shrubbery, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he sort of, you know, and slowly he's changing and the, 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 um, the, the, the weed itself is growing everywhere and it's, it's, it sort of like takes over the house and it takes over the the property um, and all Jordi Verrill in the beginning can think about is selling it to the university um, and making some money yeah. off it which you know and you see him in his sort of like these dreams sort of almost like like flashback dreamlike moments where he's talking to the university professor um, and, he, and he wants 200 bucks for the meteorite yeah, yeah, to pay off his bank loan. Yeah, two hundred bucks to pay off his bank loan, um, and then you see him sort of, and like you see his suit that's too short for him with a big hat, and a ridiculous size <laughs> yeah. tie, um, and he's sort of like you sort of yokeling it up, um, and then you can see when you know he says about oh I better go to the doctors, and then you get the flashback of the doctor of the doctor like chopping his fingers off. It's yeah. just so silly. So and I think the, silly. The flashbacks, like if it, it, it's silly enough as it is, but then the flashbacks take it to another level. Mm. It's like um, it's like bad music video. Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, and it's um, but it it's it the way it ends is really dark. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. And really shocking. It is. You do you you know when you know he's when he's pleading. Uh, when this character is pleading, you know, please, you know, let me have some luck. For yeah. once, let me have luck. And his luck is the fact that his shotgun is loaded so that he yeah. can blow his brains out. Um, which is, which is just a, oh my God. I like the idea that, you know, that his dead father comes back to him in a vision. Um, yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's a combination of painfully black humour that is very, very hit and miss. Um to um sort of tragic tragic end of a really you know of a really goofy character um, yeah did you spot the nod to a tv uh, um other t uh, sort of a, a recent king tv series in it i didn't i didn't i just i i was going to say to the flashback to his father about the water yes it's like words. Where does that 
come from because he's, he's ultimately he's right, isn't he? Because when he gets in the bath, yeah, you see all the other, all the rest of the green plants all start like leaking water, don't they? Yes. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it is what they wanted. They wanted him to get in, in, into the water to, I don't know, feed the rest of them or something yeah. like that. Yeah, sort of. Like and it was just. But uh, I mean, the the darkness as well is not only him blowing his brains out, and it's a and it's a real nod to the fifties sci-fi, where you get the announcement over the TV about the weather. Yeah, yeah. And it's like that, you know. And then the credits roll. Like if you're thinking back to the fifties sci-fi stuff, the credits roll, and you're left with that. Yeah. Impending doom. Oh God, yeah, and I mean, it's like that. He is like you get the classic TV trope that he, you know, he is the, um, he's the unluckiest. He's born unlucky, mm. you know, and you know, he's he, nothing goes right, and he hints at the sort of viral luck throughout, and it's just so tragic. Yeah, but you were going to say about a TV tie-in. Yeah, at the like, end there is. Where it's growing, where the plant is like spreading across, we get like um, we get a shot of like um, of a road sign, and um, the road sign actually says Castle Rock four miles. Ah, so even early on, you're getting these king, this king yeah. universe being developed. It's uh, one hell of a universe, though. Oh yes. Um, I gotta be honest, it's it's one scary ass universe, mind you, to yeah, be kicking about yeah. in. Um yeah. but yeah, he's you know the ballad of Jolie Jolie Verrill is I I like it. There is something that I genuinely really, really like about it. I like the silliness of it. I like the darkness of it. Um I think King's performance in it is really good. Yeah, I agree. That's that's the saving grace for me. I like the I think the the impending doom of the end yeah. saves it for me because I, I I love all that stuff from the fifties. The you know the fear of sci-fi and oh yeah you know and the universe and everything. Um, it's really it's really cool. Uh, but King is 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 brilliant. Yeah, it really is brilliant. And um, one of the things that I, I one of my favourite things about the and this doesn't quite take place in this one is those fifty monster movies is where you get expert your know, doctor exposition appears. And gives yeah. you the complete breakdown of nuclear explosions and how they work. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's just so has absolutely no purpose, and it's you know I, I mean and I, again you know we'll, Leslie you know sort of police squad touches on it really really well where you get the guy uh, in the science lab who starts sort of explaining things. Uh, and you know, you know what he says. Take me back to the beginning. And he goes, "Well, okay." And he pulls on another slide. And he says, first the Earth cooled, and it's th- it's that kind of that kind of silliness that I love about yeah. the, uh, that kind of feel. And I think the Ballad of Jodie Vera really captures captures that. Um, it's and he makes a killer screwdriver. Yes, he does. <laughs> he does it. Like a horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair to King, he was very much. In his, um, you know, in the throes of his alcoholism and yeah. um, and his his cocaine addiction was starting to sort of uh, amp up a little bit. But um, what's really interesting, one of the, my favourite stories about this is 
that essentially, well, while Stephen King and George Romero were making this and Joe Hill was there, um, his babysitter was essentially Tom Savini. Oh, okay. Um, and Joe Hill talks about it. It's a brilliant interview with Joe Hill and Mick Garris. Uh, Mick Garris, of course, who um, did, uh, has done a number of uh, King adaptions. He did the Stan TV series, um, the the original miniseries. He did the the Shining uh, miniseries. Um, he did Sleepwalkers. Um, uh, he, he directed Critters 2 as well, which was not a King one, but but famously he's, he's known for doing his King adaptions. But um, whilst in the interview, uh, Joe Hill talks about sort of how Tom Savini was his babysitter. So they just dropped him off there and he said that Tom Savini spoke to him like he was just like one of the adults on set. Um, and like at lunchtime, it's one of his vivid memories. He sat there with Tom Savini, and Tom Savini showing him a mortician's book, <laughs> <laughs> and they just go in, th- just flipping through oh it. Oh my god! Um, and like baptism of fire. Yeah, and Joe Hill just sort of like being at that age, we just kind of accepted it. Um, and he wasn't like he was there anything scary because he was there with Tom, and Tom was his friend, and yeah, they was you know Tom's he was just flipping through and showed him how they made different effects and those kind of things. It's, which is just, which is a lovely and deeply disturbing story all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, you know, do you think, in terms of like the overall film, where do you think, you know, do you think you know, the ballad of Geordie, uh, the, the Lonesome Death of Geordie Verrill um, sort of fits in? Yeah, I do. Um, it kind of, it really amps up the silliness, yeah. And we don't we don't get to that level again. No. Um, it 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 kind of gets a bit more serious from there. Yeah. I mean, it's never it's never that serious, but we we don't get down to that. Um, I think I think King was probably just left to his own devices in it, and he played yeah. it how he wanted to and he wanted to really amp it up and go that you know to that level of of, um silliness with it and i think that's that might have resulted in the rest of it being a bit more macabre i guess yeah because i mean the next story um in it um is the um something to tide you over yeah. Uh, which stars Leslie Nielsen, uh, Galen Ross, Ted Danson, um, and is a very, it, it, it's, it's very, it's, it's dark and it's quite sadistic. Um, yeah. And we get Leslie Nielsen in a very rare villain out, uh, out in. Yeah, and uh, he's brilliant. I think and sinister and yes. yeah. just completely unhinged. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I'm trying to think, um, what was his other other outings as a villain, and I can't really think of one. I think he didn't he do like one of those like Animal Attack, um, oh, what is it called? Um, where he goes, he, he goes slightly mental when they're up out in the um, out in the wilderness. Oh, what is it called? It's bloody. Uh, you've lost me. Oh, um. Only there was a way I could look it up. Um, 
oh, what is it called? I want to say all creatures great and small, but that, it's not all creatures great and small because there's. <laughs> um, oh, what is it now? It's like um, it, it sort of made the same time as um, oh, as like Grizzly. Um, okay, Grizzly's it, great. It is that. It's that kind of. Um, he played one of the villains and like one of the villains and oh, I'll come to me later. It'll come yeah. to me. It'll come to me. But this it's one, not track, it's not Dracula dead. I'm loving it. Man. <laughs> I, I have a soft spot for Dracula dead and loving it, <laughs> even though it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, but yeah, no, I got I do have a soft spot for that one. The, oh Christ. It'll come to me uh, at some point. Yeah, you'll get it. Day you'll of the animals. It. Day of the animals. Uh-oh. Yes. <coughs> yeah, excuse me. Yeah, I nearly choked it. It was Day of the Animals. Terrible film. I am, love it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, don't rush out. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll leave it. Yeah, it, it's all right. It's okay. It's a lot of fun. It's silly. Um, but yeah, it's one of his very rare outings as, as, a, as a villain. Um, but he's so good in this one. Yeah, he is. He is. He's... I mean, he's, he's unhinged, isn't he? So he's uh, he's effectively lost his wife to Ted Danson. Hey, it's understandable. Um, yeah, yeah. What a guy. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> and um, he's lost it, hasn't he? It, this is revenge. Yeah. This is revenge. He's, you know, something snapped. Um, and he's he's all out. He's all out for revenge. And, yeah. Um, I mean, it starts really quickly, doesn't it? I mean, you've got Ted Danson just having a kip yeah. on the sofa. But what's really weird is that Leslie Nielsen comes in, and apologies for not using the character names, but there's so many segments of characters in this thing. Um, he bangs on the door, like works himself into the room, and then starts fiddling with the TV. Yeah, yeah, he starts... You're not going to get a good signal with these wires loose at the back. (laughs) Richard Vickers is the character's name. Ah, yeah, Richard Richard Vickers. Vickers. Um, Yeah, and I suppose in some ways it's a bit of foreshadowing, isn't it, Um, of what's about to sort of befall Ted Danson and um, and his uh, his his girlfriend and um, Leslie Nielsen character's uh, husband. Um, yeah, wife. Um, <laughs> long day. Um, <laughs> but it's really, it, it's quite mean and sadistic yeah. what he has in store for him. Yeah. Um, which is essentially burying him up to his neck in sand and hooking up CCTV foot cameras to watch him drowned when the sea yeah. comes in. So he can walk, he can go home, have a vodka, and watch them drown on the telly. I mean, there's, there's premeditation and there's premeditation. <laughs> he's I mean, really he's thought a, about it. He's put a lot of work into this. Yes, yes. And he's got, and he's got a kick-ass jeep. He has. It's, yeah, it is a very nice jeep. And he's got a very it's nice very, house. Yeah. Oh, his house is. Oh, did you did you check out his record player? Yes. I, I got, want that. I was quite jealous. And his yeah, TV. Yeah. He's got it all. What, I mean, what's his problem? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know. And, but, Chill out, dude. But it's, yeah, <laughs> and it's the fact that he gets up and he looks at the videotapes 
and it's like which one should i watch which yeah. kind of hints that he's done it before yeah which is like oh okay you you're a killer yeah and then you get the line um about him saying that um you sh- you know hopefully you could hold your breath for a very long time yeah there's a really sinister bit where he goes um can you can you feel how fast your heart is beating yeah that's that's going to make it really difficult to hold your breath you're like whoa and he delivers it so well yeah he delivers it so well and i mean when you look at Leslie Nielsen's career, I mean, you know, when you, you look at him and you see him in uh, Forbidden Planet, he is yeah, so straight. Yeah. So, so straight. Um, but being able to sort of sort of almost like subvert that and you get to see him play a real character here and, and somebody who is um, who is really quite evil. Um, and he says about sort of, you know, I, you know, I, I my thing, I keep my things. And it's that idea that his wife is his possession. Yeah. Is is so dark. It is so when dark. He's, when he's watching them drown, he's laughing his ass off. Yeah. You know, there isn't a moment of remorse. He's just laughing, laughing, laughing it, lapping it up, loving it. And then just go, you know, goes up to bed. Yeah. Has a shower. Just chill. And wears a fairly kick-ass velour um, Fred Perry green tracksuit. I know what's on my Christmas list. i got to be honest with you. I, I I think you could pull it off. I, I think, think... I need, and his necklace. Yeah. Yes. That is, that's some badass. It's a piece of work. It, it is. It is. You know. It's, I think you might have a... If there's ever a uh, horror fancy dress that I get invited to, I'm, I'm going as um, <laughs> whatever it's Richard, Richard Vickers. Vickers. Richard, Richard Vickers, Vickers in my, and my I love velour tracksuit. Oh, God, yeah. It's a thing of beauty. It is it a is. thing of beauty. And I love the, the fact that he turns around and he says, it's showtime to them. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. he just watch, and he watches, the, you know, watching them drown. And, like, the fact that he brings the VCR down to play the tape of Ted Danson's sort of girlfriend and his wife drowning. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, watch this. I don't know how long you're going to be able to watch it for. But I have to question Ted Danson's reactions to all this. So he's, he's, he's buried up to his neck. He's had a gun pointed in his face. But when he, the bit where he, absolutely loses his shit is when there's a crab next to his head. Yes! It's a big crab, mind you. I know, but, I mean, no one wants a crab that close to them, but, you know, you're pretty far gone by that point. Yeah, I think, you know, you know I, you're in the crab, you're firmly okay. in the shit. Yeah. You were firmly in the shit of the year. And I do, you know, there is, there is something deeply, deeply sadistic about this. Um, and, of course, you know, when he's watching them, Drown, and you see Ted Dan- the water's coming in. And Ted Danson's character screams, "I'm gonna get you!" Yeah, I- I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna get revenge on you. Um, you know, and uh, you see him under the water, and you the the, sl- the, bub- the the air is going, and you can see he's trying to hold his breath. Yeah. Um, that that, that I always I, yeah yeah it goes through. I'm never great with people drowning. 
Oh, on the abyss. Oh, the abyss is the worst. Oh my god. Yeah, and that's probably why I can't <laughs> watch it. Yeah. Um. Nobody has done a drowning scene better. No. For my money than no. that one in the abyss. No, with, that like, is so much feeling and it drags you straight into it. Yeah. It's a, the Abyss is a great film. It is a really, really good film. Uh, yeah. Totally, totally mismarketed uh, yeah, when it came out. But it is, it's yeah. it's a phenomenal film. Um, and Michael Biehn is brilliant in it. He is brilliant yeah. in it. Um, but, you know, the drowning here is pretty, it, 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 it's not great. It's the, oh. There's a brilliant, um, Ted Danson speaks about um, when he was making this. And when he gets, uh, when he's in all in his zombie makeup, um, his daughter was on set, and he was really concerned about like upsetting her when she was little, and seeing yeah. her in the monster in, in the makeup. And apparently, she saw him in the makeup and just sort of walked past and just went, "Hi, Dad," and just carried on as if there was as yeah. if it was absolutely nothing. But he was really yeah. concerned about it, and it was something that played on his mind a lot. Um, but again, we get some great Savini makeup. When I was they just come back. Say as well, um, we were talking about the drowning bit. Yeah. And the abyss. So isn't there a little bit of crossover there, isn't there? Ooh. Is there? Isn't Ed, isn't Ed, Ed Harris in yes, the Yes, Ed Harris is in the abyss. Wow. Yeah. There we go. Oh, See? We are good. <laughs> Nicely <laughs> Segways. done. Segways. Segways into there. Nicely played. Nicely played. Yeah. I forget that how good Ed Harris is. Yeah. And because he's also in another Stephen King adaption, he's also in you know he's in a couple. He's in Needful Things, which is superb, which is yeah. absolutely superb. I love Needful Things; it's so good, it is so good. And then he's also in the Stand miniseries. Oh, um, he plays he plays uh, one of the army generals um, at the beginning. It's really good, yeah. really really good actor, Ed Harris. Yeah, I like him. I like him. Really, I love um, him in The Rock. He's superb in The Rock. Yeah, we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't digress too much, but The Abyss also has one of the greatest movie punches of all time. Yes, it does actually. Yeah, the, the way that it's shot is just phenomenal. Yeah, it like feels like you've been hit yourself. Yeah, I, was, I need to rewatch it. Yes, I can feel an episode coming on. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> so coming back to this one, um, we get Ted Danson's character. He's drawn it, and then obviously. They come back. Um, Very, very sort of almost John Carpenter the fog. Yes. Yeah, with the seaweed and the squelching. Yes. The footprints and, yeah. Yeah. And what I love is the eyes. The eyes are, like, almost gone. And, like, even when he's shooting them and he shoots shoots his wife, his zombie wife in the head, first of all, and the the sort of the green ooze just pours out of there. Yeah. It's a really, it's 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 a really good, it's a really good scene, and Leslie Nielsen's acting in it is superb because you can see the moment his mind snaps, yeah, um, and his character goes from just screaming and pleading for his life to like almost hysterically laughing, yeah, and he's just shouting, "I can hold my breath," yes, when, when he's drowning at the end, yeah, and and it feels it, it kind of feels like an episode that. Out of all of them, I think that feels more more coherent um, yeah. and holds together really, really well. And I think that's because of the central performances in it. 
And I think that's because of Niels- Leslie Nielsen's performance. I think uh, Ted Danson is really good in it. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's... Um, and even um, Galen Ross as Becky Vickers, she's really good. Yeah. She doesn't have an awful lot to do. Just essentially shows up, drowns, and then comes back as a zombie. But she's really good. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's really tight. For as tight as Creepshow can get, it's it's really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, this comes to then um, where Fluffy makes an appearance. <laughs> Whereas Tom yeah. Savini named him Fluffy. We get yeah. The Crate. The Crate. Yes. For me, the strongest segment. Yeah. I'd, probably, I'd agree with you on that, actually. I think it is. I think Hal Holbrook... Um, he's one of my favourite character actors. Isn't he still going? Yeah. He's still going. Um, well, long may that continue. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you get Hal Holbrook in this. You get um, Adrian Barbeau, um, oh, yeah. who is having a, who's clearly having a blast playing I, I the drunken wife. Just want to couple of her lines. Yes. She's taking. She's playing the mean bitch overbearing wife. Yeah. Um. Who is potentially an alcoholic? Yeah. Really, really inappropriate. Yeah. And not a fan of any of her husband's colleagues, friends. Um. And she just belittles him at every opportunity, doesn't she? She's. Yeah. Oh God, a, she's in there. A com- complete horror bag. But the lines that she's been given. So, what are they? Some of these so-called amateur. Oh, let me start that again. Apologies, <laughs> everybody. I mean, some of these so-called academics make the shark in jaws look like fucking flipper. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, this is my personal favourite. She says, "You know what, Henry." Barnyard exhibit, <laughs> sheep's eyes, chicken guts, piggy friends, and shit for brains. <laughs> she is evil. Yeah, and evil then when he tries to force her into the into the crate, she says, "If you try anything like that again, I'll wear your balls for earrings." <laughs> and you believe her? You yeah. genuinely believe? Because Hal Holbrook, and I love his little fantasies throughout. Yes, where he, you know, you know, when they're at the party and he shoots her. Uh, yeah. And everybody starts applauding. Good shot. Yeah, and it's a, like a slow, it's like a Wimbledon clap. Yes, yes. Oh, bravo, good shot. Bravo, well done, well done. <laughs> now, this one, obviously, the story behind this is we have the the incredibly henpecked um, uh, Hal Holbrook. Um, and they're at a party. Um, and he's there with his overbearing wife, who is just hammered. Oh, she's completely yeah. blessed. Yeah. Um, and his his longtime friend gets a phone call uh, to go back to the university because they found something. And it turns out it's some kind of crate um, that's come back, for, you know, from eighteen thirty four. That that's just been hidden under the stairs. Yeah. Um, Nobody's seen it. One hundred and forty seven years old at this point. Yes. <laughs> and he said, you know, and his answer is, oh, it's probably just, you know, some dusty Reader's Digest or something. 
Um, and then they sort of open up the crate, and unfortunately, the uh, the janitor just gets eaten. Is the best yeah. way to describe because yeah. that you know fluffy. Yeah, Fluffy makes an appearance, um, which is what um, Savini named the creature. Uh, it was Fluffy. Um, and... See that? Yeah, yeah, I can see why. Because, <laughs> you know, it's quite a cute little thing. Um, but, yeah, this creature just met, gets hold of his arm and just chomps down on it. Um, and then just drags him into the crate. And it's it's not like a quick death. It's it's, oh, no. it's pretty protracted. I think, he, he, I mean, initially he bleeds to death, doesn't he? Yes. And then he's devoured. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and the creature isn't massive. It's quite no. a little. It's quite a little creature, um, but it's it it, yeah. it just eats him entirely. As a TARDIS for a stomach. Yes. Um, and then the, of course, um, the. Um, the you know the, the the professor totally freaks out, and um, he, he he runs out and bumps into um, somebody who they would have been talking discussing at the party, um, who um, he the, 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 Hal Holbrook's a little bit snide about him, and they you know because he's a rising star within the, within the university, yeah. um, and before you know it he's been eaten. Um, and he gets clawed across the face. Yeah, the, the makeup there. I mean, it's his own fault. It's a bit of a douchebag, isn't it? Oh, um, God, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's his own fault because he basically... He, he goes too far and he's like practically yes. trying to open the crate even though it's like there's blood everywhere. Yes. He's told by, you know, his superior what's going on. But still feels it's appropriate to go all the way in and, and have a look. Yeah. And he gets he gets torn to bits. Yes, he does. Quite he just gets pulled to pieces. Um and uh, of course Dexter Stanley, the professor, uh then runs to Hal Holbrook for help, who it's it's interesting to it, you know, fairly quickly comes up with a plot, with a plan to off his wife. Yeah. He gets there really quick. Yes. Um, however, the excuse he uses to get his wife over there um, is kind of reflective of the times. Yeah. Um, and it's about, you know, that he's, you know, De- the Professor Stanley has got this young intern or this young student uh, into the, uh, in the university and he's, you know, he's, he's tried to sort of... Uh, uh, and essentially, he's sort of saying that he sexually assaulted her, and he needs help to cover it up. Yeah. Which you think? Yeah. It's, um... What? What the? F- and like Adrian Barbeau's character's reaction is, well, what has he done to her? Yeah, and is... and while she's reading the letter, she's having milk and whiskey. Yes. Well, well of course. Just he like did. gallons of it. You know that that's how I drink my. That's how I have my dairy. Plastered yeah. booze, <laughs> <laughs> milk, bourbon, cornflakes. Yes, yeah. It's just like the classic um, Tommy Cooper Stephen story. King bre- <laughs> yeah, classic it's... Stephen King breakfast. Yeah. Well, have you the story Tommy Cooper um, when he's at the uh, he was at a bed and breakfast, 
And of course, Tommy Cooper very famously was, you know, did like a drink a lot. Yeah. And um, for those of you who don't know, Tommy Cooper is a British comedian. Um, and he was sat at the table and uh, he said to the, the waitress comes over and asks, oh, what would you like? for breakfast and he says oh, I'll have a bowl of corn I'm not going to do a Tommy Cooper voice I am fighting <laughs> every every inch of me is fighting not do to it. do a Tommy Cooper voice I, 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 I'll, have a, I'll have a bowl of cornflakes please and uh, uh, she said oh, okay uh, would you like me no no no, no I don't want that. Uh, two bottles of gin two mini bottles for gin from the, from the, so he gets the two bottles of gin from the mini and pours it all over the cornflakes and he says the cholesterol will kill you with milk <laughs> 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 which is incredibly dark but apparently true yeah. apparently true yeah you know I, i've got special yeah oh god yeah i still have to you know it, i think i'm now contractually obliged to tell my favorite tommy cooper gag do it i don't know i said i've got a sore throat he says open up he says ah, a little raw right <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Oh, uh, anyway, uh, this is a point where everybody turns off. Yep, sorry. <laughs> Come back, stay, stay, stay. stay. I, I won't do any more Tommy Cooper gags, honestly. Um, I can, I, I can actually feel my wife's eyes rolling downstairs as, as, <laughs> as, as I'm doing it. But he then sort of Hal Holbrook um, manages to persuade his wife to sort of look under the stairs, and then he just sort of forces her underneath. Um. And um, she's the creature pretty much eats her as well. Yeah. Yeah. After he, um, so he tries forcing her in, expecting the monster to immediately pop out, doesn't he? Yes. And, uh, it's like a failed attempt. Yeah. And, and then she's really pissed off with him. Yes. Uh, that's when she says that she'll wear his balls as earrings <laughs> um, and gives him some more stick. And yeah. then all of a sudden, out comes Sluffy. Yes. Yes, and what I love, and I think it's a re- it's probably one of the best shot moments in this, is where Hal Holbrook's character is going to re-padlock the crate, and um, he's just very gently trying to put the padlock through the loop, um, and it's shot, and, and Romero does it so well in this. Um, and it's quite a subtle piece of filmmaking. It, it it doesn't. It takes ages for him to be able to lock it up, and keep the creature in the box. Yeah. And it's executed so well, um, because this film is you know there's not an awful lot of subtlety in this film. Um, no. It, it's very crash bang wallop. Um, but that 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 moment where he's putting the um, the padlock through the through the chain to just click it is so well done it is so well done um it's probably my favorite moment in the story um but yeah i think that's a great moment i think it's really well done and of course we get you know you you see him then getting fluffy into the car um and then throws it into the quarry um and then we get the stinger then don't we where he sat down with his friend where he's totally you know essentially he's blackmailing him to play chess with him yeah, because his friend's really not happy with no. what he's been told. No, no. And then he, you know, he says, "Oh well, look, you don't need to worry about it. That creature, that thing is, you know, 
it's at the bottom of the lake and then of course we get the shot of fluffy's eyes and then escaping and then escaping from the box um, yeah i really like the crate i like you said i think it is probably the strongest one of the strongest in 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 the film um yeah i just think it's it's the way that it's done isn't it it's the way that it's built up around basically around Wilma, isn't it? It's yes. built up around the wife. Even though the story's about the crate, it's called the crate, but her performance is so strong Yeah, and that she... she steals the show massively. Oh, God, yeah. And you you probably want to see a bit more of her, even though she's, like, emotionally abusive. She's, you know, perpetually drunk. Um... Oh, you would watch a sitcom centred around her, just, you know, for some dark... Comedy. Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't you? It'd be a, I'd, I'd watch it. I'd definitely watch it if that was like a <laughs> weekly sitcom. Yeah. What are you they going to get up to this with, week? Yeah, with Wilma just tearing people to shreds. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be yeah. awesome. <laughs> She's, you know, and like, I mean, Adrian Barbeau has been, you know, is an incredible actress. I mean, she's, you know, she's still acting now. You know, you, yeah. you think about you know, The Fog, Escape from New York. Um, You know, yeah. She, she, you know, even when she pops up in um, uh, AJ and the Queen, which is RuPaul's um, latest TV show on Netflix, uh, and she plays, she's only in one episode of that. She's absolutely superb in it. She gives, yeah. she just gives a great performance in it. Um, she also pops up in the TV show A Creep Show, the latest, the 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 Shadow. Yeah, TV show. I'm yet I'm yet to catch up on that. Is it is it good? It's very good. It is very, very good. I mean, like the team behind it, you know, Greg Nicotero is behind it. Um, cool. So it's in really, really good hands. Um, yeah. And also the animated special um, that they released. There's two stories on the uh, in it. Uh, one written by Joe Hill. Um, and the other is one of my favorite Stephen King short stories called The Survivor Man. Cool. Um, I think it's Survivor Man. Yeah, I think it's about, yeah, it's from um, Skeleton Crew. Um and it's about a doctor who eats himself to stay alive on a on a desert island. Oh. Um, it's 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 really good. Keith Sutherland does the voice oh. in the animated. Oh, nice. uh, it and it's it's so good. It's really 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 good. So the TV series, you know, and you know, it, it is is excellent and it's definitely worth checking out. You know, I I I really like Shudder. And it's really they get some amazing things on Shudder. The the Exorcist documentary that they got on there at the moment is is top quality. Um, I thought their film it... film noir um, documentary they did on black horror is superb. Um, is the um, is the documentary they do on Exorcist better than the Mar- Lamar one? Oh, the Kermode one. Yeah, Kermode. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh... I thought that was brilliant. I loved it. Do you know what? I'd probably say they're about they're about on par with each other. Uh, cool. I'd probably say the I'll, Kermode one yeah. is probably a slightly better because Kermode does know that film. Yeah, inside. as much as you do. Probably more. I mean, yeah, probably more <laughs> than me. Um, but he, I you think know, you could take him. <laughs> I can't be honest. They're, they're, I wouldn't want to because that man <laughs> is just terrifying when he gets going. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Anybody who's seen the Sex in the City two. Um, Review. Uh, <laughs> do not mess with Mark Hermode. 
Um, <laughs> but no, I, I I tell you one thing. I do love his books. Yeah. His books are superb. They are brilliant pieces on cinema. And def- if you if you if you have any passing interest in film, you should read them because they're absolutely superb. Now, we have um, also you know of course we got we talking about the the TV series. You also get we got Creepshow two, yeah. which I also really like, um, and that's got two yeah. two great story, two of my favourite stories. Again, you got the, the the raft, which I think is brilliant, and again that's in Skeleton Crew. Um, and then you've got the, um, the the one about the Native American, that the sort of Golem story. Oh with, yeah, with yeah, George Kennedy, that's, that's, and I love yeah, George Kennedy. That's... I think George Kennedy is a was a, is a great actor, yeah, great character yeah. actor. I really love that one. Um, however, there is Creepshow three, um, oh. which is one to avoid, really. Okay, well I didn't even know it existed. So yeah, it's kind of like an unofficial. Um, yeah, unofficial, but it's it, it's not, it's not very good, at all. Um, I wasn't fussed on it in, in any way, shape, or form, really. Um, but yeah, so for me, you know, if you if you really want to, you know, for me, canon for Creep Show is Creep Show One, Creep Show Two, the new TV series, um, and the animated se- uh, special. Um, they're definitely worth, definitely worth checking yeah. out. Definitely, I will uh, check. Well, now we come to our final sort of segment really yeah uh, which is they're creeping up on you yeah um and this was the most expensive um episode uh of the entire thing yeah uh and the reason because of the cockroaches for the number of cockroaches and there are 50p a pop yep and i think like i said they spent nearly you know like a hundred thousand dollars yeah which is um for me, this—I mean, I don't know. It's difficult to tell because uh, I—I obviously can't. At nine, ten years, ten years old, I can't remember what I thought about this at the time. Yeah. Watching it back last night, it felt like it had been done so many times. Yeah, yeah. But has do I feel like that? Because was this the beginning of? The repetition is this the you know is this the originator? Um, I, th- I think that's the difficulty, isn't it? And I think it feels like an episode of the Twilight Zone. Oh, you've taken the words right out of my mouth. Uh, this is a Twilight Zone episode, not a creep show episode for me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I think they've given us five. I think if they'd ended on the crate, yeah. It would have been a much stronger, much tighter overall. Yeah. And I mean, look, like I said, I love Creepshow. I love, I love this, I love this film a lot. Um, but um, for me, this final one. Don't get me wrong. E.G. Marshall's performance is is brilliant because it's essentially it's a one man show. It's just him. Yeah, it is just yeah. him. And maybe a couple, you know, there's a couple of phone calls, and that's it. It's it's him. Um, and he's playing this sort of like Howard Hughes esque germ millionaire germ phobe, yeah. um, whose uh, sterile apartment is overrun by cockroaches. Um, but I think it's been done, like you said, yeah. it, has, it has been done. And I think once you get the idea, okay, there's bugs. <coughs> Excuse me, 
in the apartment um that it kind of get becomes one note yeah i think it kind of i get i get irritated by these things more than i should really and it's just like uh just leave yeah do you know what i mean yeah it's just if, if it's that bad you know when you, you get part way in and there's just bugs everywhere you know they're coming through the vents and everything i don't care how much of a germ phobia you are leave yeah yeah you know just just leave get into like your helicopter or something and go to your other book three mansion yes yeah yeah um it's kind of, especially when he goes into his like panic room yeah um and he pulls off the sheet and there's like a billion bugs under the she and you're like, well, no, just leave. Yeah, <laughs> they use twenty you know I mean? thousand cockroaches in total. Man, it's a lot of cockroaches. Yeah. Um, and like the final segment, um, the, 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 as as a sort of like, feels like it deserves a bigger bang. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, that you know the fact that you know he died, you know when he dies, and then they all sort of pour out of his corpse. I mean, that is a fairly yeah. that, that's a fairly dark, nasty sort of vibe to it. Um, and and E.G. Marshall's performance is great, but like you said, it's been done, and yeah. I think it's been done slightly better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I. I think one of the criticisms you could probably level at Romero is he's never been the greatest, with the exception of probably Night or The Living Dead and, you know, that those early trilog- Dead trilogies. He's never been the greatest editor. Yeah, okay. And I think it, I think he could have done with a bit of trimming. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it take, if you took that, take that one out and I think you got, you're left with the four... Plus the opening, and then plus the epilogue, because the epilogue is great. Yeah, it really is. Um, but I think this one does let it down just a little bit. Yeah, just a little I, bit. But did you notice? So this was released in 1982. Back to the Future was uh, 1985. Yeah, and when he's in his little panic room. There's a little, look it up, there's a little um, digital console thing on the wall and it looks very much like the date selection thing from the DeLorean. Do you know what? I did not even notice. I'm going to have to go back and look at it now. <laughs> yeah, have a look. You'll see it. You'll be like, what? That's from the DeLorean. Ah, see, that's an Easter egg. I'll have to go back and check that one out. Yeah, so, yeah. I'll have to go and check that out. So how... So that I think I think it's fair. We could probably say uh, not our favourite moment in it. It's it again. It's building up to that model at the end where all the cockroaches break out, but yeah. it looks terrible. Yeah. As well. Um, yeah. I'm sure in I'm sure in 1982 it was pretty shocking. Yeah. Um. It, it has it hasn't aged well. No, without it. Definitely, it's definitely you can tell that it's paper mache yeah. on the chest where they all break out, and it's just like, oh, we had the great models earlier in this. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, You But you can see where the money kind of run out. Yeah, you can kind of see where the money run out on this one. Um, so 
then we get the epilogue. Um, Tom Savini on Ben's. Yeah, yeah, you know, works a bit slow. So, yeah. uh, so he's working on the bins. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It looks. It looks like he's loving working on the bins. Oh God, yeah. You know, he do, the the joy with it is he's finished by like half past eleven, twelve o'clock. Got the rest of the day then to make effects. Yeah, it's the perfect role. It's perfect. You know, and it's the eighties, so there was none of that having to work at the recycling center shit. Uh, you know, oh yeah, just whatever's in the bin, get it in. Get it in there. Get it in. Job done. <laughs> job done you know and then like what i love about this is when they sort of the, you, you get the sort of the, the, the they're looking through the adverts yeah and you get the x-ray specs and he said oh it's crap and then you see an advert there for charles atlas yeah which is a bodybuilding um like course now my wife's grandfather um actually sent away for the Charles Atlas nice. dynamic tension. And to this day, bearing in mind, he is, I think he's 86 now. To this day, he still does all of his exercises. Really? Right? He That's does amazing. He does nearly 100 press-ups. Wow, at 86? Honestly, he is a machine. Every oh, single, and he has counters that he uses to keep track of like how many sets and things he's done. He does the press-ups on the chair. Um, he does all the dynamic tension exercises. And he is an incredible Nick. Incredible. He still paints and decorates. He is unreal. But yes, he did all the Charles Atlas, the Charles Atlas book. He sent away for it. I'm inspired. Honestly, genuinely inspired. It, it 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 is phenomenal. He is an absolute phenomenal man. He is an incredible person. Incredible, yeah. And he's still going. That's he's amazing. Still going, which you know, you're, you're I am whinging and complaining after after me running, and he's you know eighty six <laughs> and he's still banging out his his precepts, you know, and uh, he's doing his dynamic tension exercises and everything. It's just phenomenal. But, yeah, he sent off for the Charles Atlas Dynamic Tension Bodybuilding course. Um, I love it. Which I love, which I I think is wonderful. Um, And then you get the bit then where they're looking through and you see the voodoo doll. Yeah. And then you got uh, Tom... uh, Tom Arnold, Tom, Tom uh, (laughs) Tom Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. I said Tom... I, I, I said, said Tom Allen. Yeah, I, said I, Tom, yeah. I, I apologize. I'm um, sorry. We'll to hand... all the listeners. Yes. I'm... And to Tom. Yes. And to the Queen. Yes. Um, yeah, Tom Atkins. <laughs> Tom Atkins. Oh, it's been a long day, folks. This show again. Just now. It's been a long oh, day. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll hand in my nerd card at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, so to, you know, we get Tom, Tom Atkins, and he is there, uh, and he's holding his neck, and he's complaining about it. And then we get that great cut to little Joe Hill sat on the bed with his voodoo yeah. doll. And he's sticking pins in the voodoo doll. With joy. Yes. With absolute joy. And, you know, then we get the, you know, we get the cut back to the animated comic. And it's just, it's a great finish. Yeah. It's a great finish to it. Um, whereas I think if they'd taken out the pr- the previous episode and put that one in its place... We would have been away. Yeah, 
Oh, they could have even, if they'd had some money left over, they could have even extended that, you know, to see him receiving the doll and, mm. you know, cu- cutting the fabric out of his top. Yeah, yeah. Et cetera, et cetera, to make that a bit of a longer, yes, tighter scene. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, we didn't, yeah, we didn't need the Twilight Zone thrown in there as much as I love the Twilight Zone. Um, yeah, it's that that fifth segment we didn't need it no and it slows it down yeah it completely completely slows it down um because i think by the time that we've got the, you know we've got the crate we've done the um you know, the previous episode it's built up a nice bit of steam and it's got a good bit of headway to it and it's taken it you've got you've gone from like the jokey silliness of uh jordy verrell to the the dark elements of the previous two, and then we get that f- it, it doesn't quite work. But it I'm... doesn't it doesn't give anything, does it? It just no. doesn't give anything at all. It's just um, okay. Um, yeah. Let's get through this. Yeah, let's get to the end. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, yeah. Essentially, that's what it is. Now, is there anything? That we've that, that we've sort of we probably have, and the fact that we've been you know butchering Tom Atkins's name uh, <laughs> throughout. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's such a legend as well. Yeah, it's just such a. Do you know what it is? Though? It is that classic thing, isn't it? It's like even when you know somebody's name, and you still get it wrong, it's because yeah. you've just got into that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I'm clutching the straws, you guys. You can, you can edit it. You can do some editing. Yeah, you'll just. I'll do, I'll do some Tom Atkins. Tom yes. Atkins. Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. Right, just cut those in. Yes. <laughs> okay, you know, you know. Yes, Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's like a, it's like a Calgon advert. Yeah. <laughs> Only problem is, I'll probably sort of accidentally put it. I'm Barry Scott. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so my friend to wrap this bad boy up yeah where would where would you come in for where, where would you score creep show i am all over the place on this because i was thinking about this today um because like i said it's a, it's a it's a film that's close to my to my heart due yeah. to the nostalgia um but when I watched it, because I hadn't watched it for years and years, and then when I watched it, there was things that struck me like it's so long. There's a couple of segments that I'm not that partial to. So then I was going pretty, you know, pretty middle of the road. But then after chatting to you about it and, and thinking about the whole construction of the thing, it's difficult to score, isn't it? Because it's so... I think in terms of... This... It's so open... Yeah, I think if it's so up and down, isn't it? Yeah, and I think if we were talking about sort of nostalgia, um, and we sort of, if you're going to give it a nostalgia score, if for me it would be a ten, but if we were being really, really honest about it, I would probably give it somewhere between a seven point five and an eight. Interesting. I was going to go seven. And I think even with the you know the seven point five eight, 
it's probably more to do with my my sort of nostalgia yeah for it yeah i i I think you're right i think i could push it you know if i'm talking to if i'm talking to my brother and sister about this you know it's 11.5 yeah because it's but i think yeah seven seven point two five yeah (laughs) just to be a (laughs) no point recurring yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it is there is a there is a nostalgic coolness to this and and it's something that i will never reject ever um and it's only you know going the extra mile for the podcast you've got to think about other elements and stuff like that it's not just about this works for me yeah um but i think yeah seven Seven to a seven point five is fair. I think that's a fair. I think that is a fair call. I think that is a fair cop on that one. I think that's a fair one. Um, yeah, yeah, Matt. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's about right because I think sometimes you, you can't put the sort of the, the rose tinted glasses on and look back. But this is a very, very much peaks and troughs yeah. type of film, and I suppose you get that, don't you, with these anthology movies? Is that you get the really good one? the funny one, the not-so-great one, the really weak one, and then you get another great one. With this one, yeah. it kind of just sort of like, uh, you kind of feel it runs out of steam. Yeah, you do, yeah. I think it shot, himself, it shot itself in the foot with the fifth. Yes. The fifth it, wheel, effectively. Yeah. yeah, it's a bridge too far, isn't it? It is a bridge too far yeah. for it. So 7.5. I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's right, actually. I think that's right. Definitely. Send a send a letter to here if you don't agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, my friends, before we finish off, where can the good people find you on the interwebs? Um, I am on Instagram uh, as Alt Movies. Yes, you can see me there. Um, I'm not posting much at the moment um, due to working my arse off. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's lots of there's lots of stuff. I've, you know, covered loads of movies. Um, I am obviously doing podcasts with you, Hugh. Yes. So popping up here and there. Um, I'm doing podcasts with the Neon Brainiacs on Sunday. Yeah. So we're going to be covering Gremlins. I'm really looking forward to doing that. Yes. So look out for me on there. Um, But I'll definitely, well, I'm not sure after the Tom Allen thing. (laughs) I might be... (laughs) I might be back here sometime soon. Oh, my friend, the door is always open. The door is always open. Good to know. Always open. I do enjoy it. So thank you, my friend, for being on. I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Absolute pleasure, mate. No, you take care, man. Have a good one. You too. Take care. See you later. Bye. Bye. Okay, once again, I want to say a massive thank you to my fabulous co-host, Mr. Darren Hall. Always a pleasure having him on. Just And just what a fabulous film to talk about. Love it. Love it. Now, it is time for What the Wookiee Watched. And up first, we have got Creepshow, the animated special. Let's check out the trailer.
Okay, that was the trailer for Creepshow, the animated special from 2020. Essentially, it kind of sounds a bit like me in the morning before I've had a cup of coffee or before I'm able to move or do anything else or during the day at certain points. <laughs> um, Creepshow, the animated special, is from 2020. It was directed by Greg Nicotero. Um, it was also written by himself, Stephen King and Joe Hill. Um, and for me, the two stories are fabulous in this one, particularly the first story, which comes from Stephen King's incredible short story collection book, uh, Skeleton Crew, which I love and is just one of those incredible um incredible stories the first story is the raft and it is essentially the story of a doctor um with a very very shady past um coming upon the idea that he can uh, eat himself in order to stay alive whilst being stranded on a desert island and is voiced um perfectly by Kiefer Sutherland um, it is fabulous. It is absolutely fabulous. And I loved it. It is superb. Um, the second story within it um, is one written by Joe Hill. Of course, Joe Hill is uh, Stephen King's son. Um, and it features the um, voice talents of Joey King and Fenea Sanchez um, and is the... Um, the and again it is it, it's a fantastic story it is the story uh, called Cirques of the Dead um, and it's when a family discovers that they've uh, stumbled upon something which they think is going to be a bit of a a bit of an attraction something a little bit different but turns out to be um, more than they bargained for it, it's absolutely brilliant and it is so clever just loved it thought it was absolutely superb I cannot recommend this enough um, it's available on Shudder um, here in the UK, and they've done it. Shudder have done an amazing job with the Creepshow property. I've loved the TV series, um, and I've loved everything they've done with this um, particular sort of, uh, I suppose, it's a franchise now, for want of a better word. Um, I loved it. It's absolutely superb for me. It is an eight out of ten, and it is certainly a must see. Up next, we have got Blood Vessel from 2020. Let's check out the trailer. Thank you. 
Okay, that was the trailer for 2020's Blood Vessel. Blood Vessel was written and directed by Justin Dix. It stars Nathan Phillips, Alicia Sutherland, Robert Taylor, Christopher Kirby, Alex Cook, Mark Diaco, John Lloyd Fillingham and Troy Larkin and Vivian Perry. Um, this essentially is the story of a group of survivors uh, who have been sunk during the latter stages of World War Two, and uh, whilst they are helplessly adrift in their lifeboat, come across a German boat. Um, they take the chance of uh, climbing aboard and soon realise that it is totally empty, with the exception that it is crawling with vampires. Um, this is an Australian movie, and i got to be honest, guys, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely superb, particularly as they don't take the normal sort of route with the vampires. They go down the very much the Strigoi kind of approach with them. The practical effects in this are superb. Um, it's, it's very, very good. It's not perfect. Um, some of the actors... Uh, accents dip in and out but you can kind of forgive that um it's really really well done it is incredibly well shot the practical like i said the practical effects in this are superb the uh particularly the lead vampire's uh look he's got this fantastic um bat style uh makeup and it's just absolutely superb justin dix um is known for his special effects work um and you can see this and it you know you can see the practical effects on display here and again you're already over halfway there for me if you're if, you, if you're employing practical effects this is a great film um it's available on shudder um i wasn't i went into this not expecting an awful lot but it ticked all the boxes for me it's got it's got good acting it's well it's well directed it's lit incredibly atmospheric i love that um it's got um great practical special effects there's great atmosphere there's some great jump scares in there as well i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this movie and i would give this a 8.5 out of 10 now ladies and gentlemen our time has drawn to an end i know i know and as always, I want to say one last thank you to my very, very special co-host, Mr. Darren Hall. Thank you so much for being on, my brother. I, I appreciate it so much. And it's always so much fun to record with you. Um, and again, I want to thank everybody who um, interacts with myself on Twitter, and on Instagram, and on Facebook. Don't forget you can find us on Twitter. Like I said, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the Undead Wookie. Um, please give us a like, give us a follow. Um, don't be shy to drop us a message. Let us know if you want to see, you know, cure anything on the show in particular. Um, got some great updates coming up about School Hall Slaughter and where that is going. Um, very excited to share some new things with you about that in the new year. Um, and remember, ladies and gentlemen, COVID hasn't gone away. So it's tough out there. So be nice to each other. Keep your distance, wash your hands and wear a mask. Love each other, be kind to each other. And that's all that's left for me to say in the immortal words of Count Duckula. Good night out there. Whatever you are.